0: the opportunity to worship, and once again we ask for the blessings of your Holy Spirit to give, open our minds, that can open our eyes, our ears, that we can find peace in you. I pray that the scripture I'm going to read and the message I'm going to share can inspire, can bring new understanding, can bring a renewal of faith. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you. All right. So, we are on the third week of Leap of Faith. Again, so one of my favorite movies, and heretical enough, one of the movies where I got a lot of inspiration for my walk of faith, Um, because there are a lot of movies right now. So we have movies where you have heroes, and every hero has, you know, typical characteristics. They're like super ripped, they're really good looking, Um, and they're very honorable, now in the case of movie like leap of faith um, the main character is not a hero it's mo- mostly a like con artist and you need actors that can that have that, an image that is unique to a con artist and it's that kind of image that if they say nice things you're like oh my gosh that person is amazing but if they say they, they, you know, the wrong things you're like that guy is a son of a pastor. You were close. You were close. Um, but and the stories that we've been sharing, like one of those, so we started with Peter, not necessarily a hero in that story, but a person who took a leap of faith, walking on water, fantastic. Last week it was a big girl, big girl, and she became a hero, and the fact that she saved the life of two men maybe the future of a kingdom risking her own life walking uh, working behind her husband's back without her husband knowing and kind of wrapping david around her finger and today we have one of the most famous characters in the history of this, the histories that the bible talks about and this is rahab 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 and I'm going to read this passage because there are so many things about her that I will like to share. And I've been wrestling with her story so much, and and even this, I, I I even was working on this sermon this morning because the more and more I think about her story, more questions I have. The more and more I think about her personality the more questions I have. The more I think about the spies that were sent to Jericho, the more questions I have about her. And the more and more I think about the king that is ruling over Jericho, it makes me think even more and more about her. And and you're going to see why it's such a messy character because, and spoiler alert, so scripture says, you know, Rahab, the prostitute, and that's all we hear. Boom, the prostitute, let's see. Rahab, the prostitute, and that's all we hear. But I think it's (laughs) so much more, and okay, I'm gonna get into it, I'm really excited. So, I'm not gonna forgive you this time, I'm gonna read the entire passage. I practiced that, so hopefully <laughs> and I have a lot of notes on how to say some words and where to put intention and where I usually stop that I should not stop because there's not a comma so see how it goes I shouldn't I'll set it up that way Joshua son of Nun secretly sent out from Shittim two men as spies Go and look over the land Check out Jericho They left and arrived at the house of a harlot Named Rahab and stayed there Harlot is a word for prostitute The king of Jericho was told We just learned that men arrived tonight To spite out the land And they are from the people of Israel The king of Jericho sent word to Rahab Bring out the men who came to yours, to you to stay the night in your house. They're spies, and they come to spy out the whole country. The woman had taken the two men and hidden them, and she said, yes, two men did come to me. But I did not know where they come from. At dark, when the gate was about to be shut, the men left. But I have no idea where they went. Hurry up chase them, you can still catch them. She had actually taken them up on the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax that were spread out for her on the roof. So the men set to chase down the Jordan Road towards the forts. As soon as they were gone the gates were shut. But before the spies went down for the night, the woman came up to them on the roof and said I know that God has given you the land we are all afraid everybody in the country feels hopeless we heard how God dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you left Egypt and we and what he did to the two Ammonite kings east of the Jordan Sihon and Og whom you put under a holy curse and destroyed we heard it And our hearts sunk. We all had the wind knocked out of us, and all because of you, you and your God, God of the heavens above and God of the earth below. Now, promise me, she said, I show you mercy. Now, show me and my family mercy and give me some tangible proof, a warranty of life for my father and my mother, and my brothers, and my sisters, everybody connect, everyone, everyone connected with my family saved our souls from dead. Our lives for yours, said the man. But don't tell anyone our business. When God turns this land over to us, we'll do right by you in your loyal mercy. She lowered, that, she lowered them down out of the window with a rope because her house was on the city wall to the outside, and she told them, "Run through the hills so your pursuers won't find you. Hide out, how, hide out for three days, and give your pursuers time to return. Then get out of their way. Get out of your get out, get on your way." The men told her, "I order to keep this oath you made us swear. Here is what you must do: hang this red rope." Out of the window through which you let us down and gather your entire family with you in your house. Father, mother, brothers and sisters. Anyone who goes out of the door of your house into the streets and is killed, it is his own fault. We weren't, we aren't responsible. But anyone within the house, we take full responsibility. If anyone lays a hand on one of them, it is our fault. But if you tell anyone our business here, you're all, the oath that you, we, we swear is canceled we're no longer responsible and she said if that's what you said that's the way it is and sent them off and left they left and she hang the red rope out the window so they left and right away she hanged the red rope on the window they headed for the hills and stayed there for three days until the pursuers had returned, and the pursuers had looked high and low and found nothing. The men head back. They came down, the hill. They came, they came down out of the hills, crossed the river, and returned to Joshua, son of Nun, and reported all their experience. They told Joshua, God has given the whole country to us. Everybody is in a state of panic because of us. And that's the story. This is Rahab, it's two spies, a promise they made to each other, a lot of people that she wants to save. And the interesting part about the story is that we have a hero, and the hero is Rahab, but she doesn't pretty much, she doesn't have the requisites, requisites or characteristics of a hero, especially if you put her person in the context of the Old Testament. She's a woman. She has a very complicated reputation. She's definitely a traitor, because she's betraying her country. And she's a liar, because she lies to the king's guard. Pretty much she's lying to the king. So when you think about a hero, that's not the kind of things that come to your mind. But that is if we look at her through the eyes of everybody that lives in Jericho. Now, when we read her story through the eyes of like, Christians who have an Old Testament and a New Testament, Christians that are followers of a guy whose entire path has been, um, who part of his path was, whose part of his story was this that happened there, what we see there is a person, in Rahab, we see a person that secured Israel's victory. We see somebody then when we keep reading scripture that she became the ancestor to at least nine prophets. She is part of Jesus' genealogy. And one of the biggest acolytes, if that's a word, one of the, yeah? I didn't even prepare that one, is that she made it to the Hall of Faith. You know, Hall of Fame, Hall of Faith. I thought I came up with that so I googled it and it was no, apparently I learned it somewhere else <laughs> because it is everywhere so the whole of faith comes from Hebrews 11 and it lists, it puts a list of a lot of people not a lot of people puts a list of people who became an example for the Israelites or for the Jewish people through history an example of faith so just let me go very quick through them and it starts like this By act of faith, Abel brought a better sacrifice By act of faith, faith, Enoch skipped death completely By faith, Noah built a ship in the middle of dry land By an act of faith, Abraham said yes to God's call By faith, Baron Sarah was able to become pregnant By an act of faith, Isaac reached into the future and blessed Jacob and Esau by an act of faith, Jacob and his, and his dead bed blessed each of Joseph's sons in turn. By an act of faith, Moses' parents hid him. By faith, Moses grown, uh, when grown, refused the privileges of the Egyptian royal house. By faith, the Israelites marched around the walls of Jericho for seven days and the walls fell flat. And the last one, by an act of faith, Rahab, the Jericho's hallowed, welcomed the sky, spies and escaped the destruction that came on those who refused to trust God. So, Israel's story, let's, start, let's say it starts in, um, with Abraham. be saved between five and ten thousand years I'm not saying creation story ten thousand years I'm saying the history of Israel you know between five and ten thousand years so between five and ten thousand years only seven men one family one nation and two women made it to the list of Hall of Fame so on average that one person every a thousand years was found worthy according to the letter of Hebrews as a wow these people crushed it and it kind of sucks too you know it's one every thousand years still Rahab made it to that list it's somebody who people keep talking over and over and over again as a person who did something phenomenal, worthy of her story to be told. So I'm going to stop there for a second. And I'm going to share something that really, really troubled me. It might change or might not change the way you see the story. It might sound like this guy is definitely a heretic, but I'm going to give him a shot. So I'm going to share something with you, but I want you to take this as an option and as a probably different way of seeing the story. Because what I'm going to sh- So when I was reading the story and, and meditating on it, there were a couple of things that didn't connect really well. For example, if she was a prostitute, why in the world would the king be so respectful towards her? What will the king say? You know, those men that are in your house, ask them to come out. And her word was enough African, the word of a prostitute. That doesn't sound like normal. So that kind of make me start wondering, asking some questions. And this is what we read in our English translation, right? They left and arrived at the house of a harlot named Rahab and stayed there. Harlot. So harlot is pretty much translated as prostitute. The Hebrew way, the way that it's written in Hebrew is isa sonah, which, yeah, normally translated is prostitute. But when I was looking for that word on extra Bible sources, I did not find that word to be translated as a prostitute. It was translated as an innkeeper. Now, this is when I'm giving you the option, because Hebrew says harlot when it refers to to her. James says the word harlot, too, when it refers to her. The reality is, you know, once you have a reputation, it just carries on, doesn't matter if it's true or not. But the more and more I research... I found so there is a, com, um, a Christian commentator called Alan um, Clark that I like that I like a lot, and a Jewish commentator uh, Rashi that I like, and then there is a source that I like to go over now and then. His name is Josephus. I think I don't know if I put the name. in is it. Is one of the most famous Jewish historians. is is kind of like a contemporary of the Christian movement, and a lot of the things that happened with the Christians in the first century was believed because this historian who worked for the Roman government wrote about them and corroborated corroborated a lot of information. So this man, when he writes and translates the story of Rahab to the first century, he talks about her as an innkeeper, which it would make more sense, because if this Woman is actually a prostitute. The king will not ask permission to enter the house and get this man uh, there, out of there. In the Middle Eastern tradition, a guest is, be- is being treated with the most honorable respect. And these men were guests in a house that apparently demanded a lot of respect from the king because the king knew who Rahab was and her word was enough for the guards and the kings regarding those guys. They asked for her permission. Now, yes, Manx men, sometimes we are pigs, but these two were in a holy task, right? I would like to assume like if they're going to spy a country that they're going to attack, they're not going to take time to go to a proto. I would like to think that. It's just... Let's give them a little bit of benefit of the doubt that they are—they believe that what they're doing is holy enough that yes, it's not the perfect time to go and visit prostitutes. Um, I would like to think that. Also scripture have shared enough stories to make us think the opposite, but let's give them the benefit of the doubt. So this is a parenthesis of maybe Rahab was not a prostitute. Maybe she was an innkeeper. Maybe she was not. I'm giving I'm leaving that up to you. So now let's go back to the story. <laughs> so Rahab takes a leap of faith. Rahab and the entire country of Jericho hears the stories about the Israelites, and hear's the stories about God, and they fear him. Fear, sorry, fear them. They fear the Israelites. And they fear their God. And she says to them, I know that God has given you the land. Like, it was a dumb deal. They were hiding behind the walls, but they knew they were doomed. We are all afraid. Everyone everyone in the country feels hopeless. We heard how God dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you left Egypt, and what he did to the two Ammonite kings on the east of Jordan whom you put under a holy curse and destroy them we heard, you know, we heard it and our hearts sank we all had the wind knocked out of us all because of you your God, you and your God and this is the first time this phrase is used that has been used a lot of times after that the God of the heavens above and God of the earth below which is a statement saying like the God that you have is the God who runs everything. Every other God that exists answers to that God. So the belief in the God of the Israelite has been growing. And the people who follow that God start marching towards you and you hear stories and they're coming, you have great walls, they're protecting you, but you hear stories And you have two options. You join the group of people or you die trying to stop them. There were not other options. If you read the story of Joshua after Moses died, it was conquests. It was them trying just to be at peace, saying like "And the kings that they're talking about, we're just gonna walk among you guys but these kings wanted to attack them, and they got into a curse that, that they killed each other. And Rahab seems like a very skillful woman. I don't think, I don't think she was a regular person. And I like to believe, you know, that I had a professor that says the absence of evidence in Scripture is not evidence of absence. So they knew what happened with the God of the Israelites. I don't think that Rahab decided just to suddenly, oh, I met these two Israelites, I'm going to betray my country today. There has to be a prayer conversation. I am pretty sure that there was like a town hall where they say, what are we doing? Are we fighting the Israelites? Are we opening the doors? Are we joining? Are we going to join them? I'm pretty sure they had that conversation. Because Rahab's plan, that, that was too good to be, to just to be done in a minute. She already knew exactly who she wanted to save, and she knew how to get those guys out. Something was happening. And her leap of faith was different than the leap of faith that Peter took. When Peter took a leap of faith, it was to walk on waters. and was, His leap of faith was Jesus. Abigail was a leap of faith that required God's providence of keeping her safe and avoiding those two men to kill each other. But Rahab brings something different when it comes to a leap of faith. She plays, they, these two men pledge their loyalty to her. But it's um, a loyalty with conditions to minimize their danger. She has to keep them safe in order for them to accomplish, to, to do what they promise. She has to keep everything quiet for them to do what they promise. So she has conditions. But she pledged their, her loyalty to them in an absolute way. Because everything about that deal put her at risk. She had the one, and we all have families, and they have big mouth You cannot gather your family in your house saying, Hey, come to my house today because everybody's going to die and we're going to be safe. Everybody's going to have, Well, I would like to be my friend and this and this one. Nobody will keep that quiet. We, there are no secrets in families. I, yeah, I love that. Because I told my mom, Don't tell my brother this. And then he calls me, You told mom. <laughs> There's no loyalty there. Um, but she had to keep her family quiet. She, has, she had to wait. She put the rope right there as soon as they left, even though she knew that it was going to take at least three days for them to start doing everything. She, her model for leap of faith involved hospitality, involved mercy, faith, patience, and repentance. Everything we have talked about before in the past few weeks about leap of faith, it was all about like, we're jumping into this. Her leap of faith involved to first welcome this man. Save their lives. Involved the faith that them, I believe in this God that they have. But also faith in men she just barely know. In bold, patient. With Peter, there was no patience. He saw Jesus and say, if it's you, ask me to walk on water toward you. With a girl, as soon as she heard what was happening, it was like, gather the food, she sent one of the men, and she went behind them. This girl, she had to wait. Meaning, You need to gather your family because they're coming, but you don't know when you have to be ready. You don't know when the moment's going to come. She had to be patient, and she had to repent. Everything she was before, everything that being part of the country of Jericho meant for her, was gone, because after that moment, she was going to become an Israelite. So imagine this. Have you ever considered that a leap of faith will involve you being hospitable to somebody, being merciful to somebody? Faith is a given in a leap of faith, but also you have to be patient and repent. Usually leap of faith, the way we see them, are like, just, it's a jump. But in this case, it took a lot of different actions, The leap of faith that she took could not have been done without her being hospitable. The leap of faith that she took could not have been done without her being merciful. The leap of faith that she took could not have been done without her believing that that strange God was real. The leap of faith that she took required for her and those that lived with her or she loved to be patient. And to change her entire life and with her we also learned that the Christian walk is not something that we do separate from the rest every time we take a leap of faith we carry a lot of people with us and every leap of faith requires from other people too with Peter we saw that he needed Jesus with Abigail Her leap of faith required God, David changing his mind, and her husband not killing her. With her, it required her family to understand, required her faith in new God, and required a trust in people that she never met before. So, if I have to summarize the leap of faith that she took it was a leap of faith of servitude and all this drama put her as one of the top, top people in the history of Christianity and Judaism as one of the people with most faith as one of the greatest example of faith, not because of what she accomplished but because of everything she did That entire thing was the leap of faith. So I'm going to ask you while we jump into communion, which is another great example of leap of faith, step of faith. Another example that faith is just not us jumping into the unknown, but um, leap of faith is also... A set of actions that we need to take. That is not just only about one decision that we take, but about the way that we deal with other people. We l- need to take the leap of faith of being hospitable to other people. We need to take the leap of faith of being merciful to other people. A leap of faith that involves patience with other people. That's, my goodness, one of the biggest leap of faith. Like. Ronnie and I, we are taking the leap of faith with our son every day. That if we are patient enough, he will stop arguing. <laughs> but Rahab made it, made the whole of faith. Not just because of what God gave her. Because now, looking backwards, I don't think she could have imagined that. Nine prophets will come out of her eventually. No one could even imagine that she wasn't even an Israelite and she was part of Jesus' genealogy. And all because she took a leap of faith in people. Not only the God that these people serve, but the leap of faith that she took was trusting somebody that she will not have trust any other day. Imagine that. You taking a leap of faith, trusting somebody that you will not trust in your daily life. Somebody you will not even want to spend time with. That is a mighty leap of faith. I think that's a harder leap of faith than saying, uh, we're going to trust God that you know the purchase of this house is going to work. Trusting somebody is one of the hardest things that have happened. And that was her biggest leap of faith. And Jesus showed us that kind of leap of faith in his sacrifice because Jesus took one of the biggest leap of faith in his disciples trusting trust them that even when he's gone they will move on with the task that he has been preparing them for so take a second and pray with me Dig in your heart, in your mind, in your life, in your week. What leap of faith should I take? How does my leap of faith look like? Is this me? How should I take my leap of faith, being hospitable? Who should I be merciful for, towards? How's my faith, my patience? What do I need to repent for? Holy Spirit, we need of your divine help here, reminding us that faith is not about waiting for things to happen for us, but also the faith is an action and requires for us to act in faith towards you and other people, like you did. you act in faith, you trust God, you trust the mission, you trusted those men that were there having dinner with you that night, like many other nights. You trusted that even though one of them was going to betray you, the rest was going to stay. You trusted even though what we read one of the Gospels that when they came to get you, almost all of them ran away. You took a leap of faith on them, even though the main one denied you. You took a leap of faith on them, even though there were so many proofs of your resurrection. One of them said, I'm not going to believe it until put my finger in the holes of his hands and his side you took a leap of faith knowing who they were on that night you told them this is my body the will be broken for you you took a leap of faith on them hoping for them to understand what you were saying and the dinner was over and you took the cup and said this is my blood that will be shed for us healing of the nations Jesus you took God you took a leap of faith on humanity and because of that we bless this bread and we bless these Jews that can be a great reminder that you have called us to walk in faith. To trust. To believe that you have something for us. That even though we might not see the results now, the lips of faith at the end, show victory. And we give you things that even though we are sinners, thanks to your sacrifice, we can be called daughters and sons of God. So brothers and sisters, I invite you with the confidence that you are children of God to say with me the prayer that Jesus taught us. Padre nuestro, que estás en el cielo, santificado sea tu nombre. Venga a nosotros tu reino, hágase tu voluntad en la tierra como en el cielo. Dasnos hoy nuestro pan de cada día y perdona nuestras ofensas, así como nosotros perdonamos a quienes nos ofenden. No nos dejes caer en tentación, más líbranos del mal, porque tuyo es el reino, el poder y la gloria. Amén. Kin, look, look, you want to help me? Sean, you want to help me, Islam?